This is Cole. Learn how to tell stories in logic. My God. <laughs> You're so, this is so hard. And this is Ron. Yes. I hate your guts. Oh, that's a lie. That's a lie right there. Oh, desperation is a stinky cologne. We are the creative team. Oh, my God. I quit. Well, it's the big hole. Did you really just book that? <laughs> Michael Jordan and The Undertaker. Uh, in your face. One of them has 30 years, and the other one is just Michael Jordan. Woo! Welcome back to another exciting episode of... Oh! The Creative Team. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of... The Creative Team. I am your host, Cole Dawson, and with me, as always, my hashtag team partner, Ron Kilborn. Ronald, how the heck are you today, bud? I usually joke when I ask this, but anything interesting happened in the world of professional wrestling lately? Or just, you know, the world? Well, I mean, uh, you had a, a, a match during the Rumble, uh, and, and from what i seen from clips, it looks like that went really well. Uh, the Royal Rumble happened, and that was great. Uh, since we last recorded, uh, there was a Netflix deal for lots of billions of dollars. And um, hmm, CM Punk got injured and ruined everything that was going to happen at WrestleMania. And The Rock came back. And he's definitely wrestling Roman Reigns at Mania now for sure. Uh, even though, which obviously is plan B, because clearly after Cody won the Rumble... Uh, he pointed at Roman and said, I'm coming after you, motherfucker. And then in the press conference said, I'm definitely challenging Roman. I got to finish the story. And then Monday Night Raw happened and Seth Rollins said, hey, maybe you don't want the bullshit Hollywood title, the, you know, the, the Mark title, the one that everyone, you know, politic their way to getting. You want you want the workhorse title. You want the dusty title. And then Cody went out and said, hey, I'm not coming after Roman Reigns after all. I'm so but here's the rock. Have fun. Yeah, when you when you bullet point it like that, it's such a clusterfuck, and it's such a, you know, I feel for the company in a lot of ways, just right. because the punk injury was was a wrench. It was a monkey wrench in yeah, the whole plan. For sure. And I don't know how much of a monkey wrench it was, just because, like, you know, what an honor it is for if you're going down, break glass for the Rock. I don't know how long the Rock was been has been a part of this whole thing. This could this feels very last minute. And, uh, you know, normally I'm like the WWE apologist and I try to make sense of what they're trying to do. And the only thing that I can really grasp here is that everyone is on board with, like, if if Cody was to go to WrestleMania and go against Roman Reigns and then lose, this would be the burial of all burials. And I don't think any baby face can overcome that. So a, you know, for lack of a better phrase, a consolation prize, uh, Cody not going to WrestleMania against Roman at all... Uh, is that the same type of damage that it would of him going to WrestleMania and losing to Roman, in your opinion? Well, here, here's what we know. In 48 hours, the video WWE posted about The Rock and Roman Reigns uh, is the most disliked post in the history of WWE. It has 400,000 dislikes on this post and like 50,000 likes. So the WWE faithful are shitting on it, let alone the fanboys and the internet wrestling community. I really feel like this is a a big blow to Cody Rhodes um, because this makes him look less than. There's no way around it. This is The Rock coming back, stealing his spot 
at WrestleMania. And it's not even necessarily The Rock's fault. It's not like they didn't already plant the seed of The Rock and Roman. They absolutely did that. So that was a plan. That was a match that was going to happen at some point for sure. Uh, However, (laughs) I, I will say this. I will give them enough credit to say they didn't officially announce a match of any kind. So they can kind of hedge their bets here they could pivot they can do something seeing the reaction here uh and say oh yeah that was a test run but the rock can come out and cut a promo and say look i'm not come you know I, i'm not coming i'm not challenging roman reigns for the belt I, you know i'm not doing that so i mean they can still wiggle their way out of this if they want to i think the biggest issue was um the rumor was brock lesnar and Walter, and also Cody was clearly wrestling Roman and CM Punk was clearly going to win the belt off of Seth. Now I think a, they could still What a card. Here. What a card already yeah. that would have yeah, been. Exactly. Uh and so for reasons that we will get into, I'm I'm I don't want to talk about it, so I'm 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 filibustering a little well, bit. Well, let, let's just let, let's just it. wait cuz I have a transition. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the so for reasons we we will get into, Brock is not going to be at WrestleMania now. And they also, I mean, we're lucky Seth is not so injured that he can't, he does, he has no hope of making it to Mania. They could still get out of that too. They can do the Elimination Chamber and have something happen where Seth doesn't have to actually really do a match and lose the belt. So, like, we still have a roller coaster. We can still get some interesting shit to happen between now and Mania. So, we're not totally, you know, fucked. Um, but Seth and Cody's, you know, they had the feud of the year when Cody debuted and then oh, Cody's man. injury. It's just, they're, re- they've really had some bad luck with people they coming have, to the company and getting hurt. They've had, well, ha- and they have for bad that luck. matter, AEW's had a lot of bad luck with injuries too. Like the injury bug is a big deal in wrestling now. And Punk didn't really do anything crazy and tore his triceps. Like he took a DDT. So, right. Yeah. And you know, the just the writing uh for it you know i i feel for them that they have to they have to be creative like on the spot and really sweep some shit under the rug but just the strategic mindset of like let's say this is real right why would seth rollins knowingly uh beg for this match knowing that he lost three times in a row to the man the year before right one of which when he was very much injured and yeah. what why do you want your WrestleMania main event that bad, knowing that you have pretty much a scoreboard of no chance against this person you're facing? Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's been long enough that I'm not that I I don't hold that against him. You know, that was two years ago, and Seth's been the champion for nine months, and he's been a fighting champion. So I'm fine with his momentum at this point. Like as a match in and of itself, I'm okay with Cody versus Seth. I'd prefer Cody versus Valter. Uh, but I also don't want don't want Gunther to win the belt at Elimination Chamber and then lose it at Mania. So like that would suck as well. Um, I wonder if the play now is for Braun Breaker since he made a real big impact at the Rumble is to dethrone Gunther at uh, WrestleMania. That would be cool, and I think it'd be a great kickoff to Braun Breaker on the main roster. Um, Absolutely. That would be great. And, you know, we, we, we picked apart the creative and like the, you know, the last minute changes and all that. Let's just talk about just the moment itself and how yeah. it was pulled off when The Rock came out. 
Now, there's a lot that I want to pick apart because, you know, as as throwaway as it could be on paper, this Perth Elimination Chamber show, it could be a big a big deal. No one's yeah. addressing it fully yet, but something big could happen that could change the course of WrestleMania even further. Now, with that being said, this this moment where Cody Rhodes basically came out and said he called he called his shot, and when when a babyface calls his shot and doesn't deliver eventually, that's where we're that's where we're you know going sideways. Right. So he told Roman to his face, "That's the title I want. I'm coming for that title. I am taking everything from you. Yes. Just not at WrestleMania." Bold statement. That's something we can pick apart later. And then he tells that one of his counsels knows him very well, which brings out The Rock. Right. And then the way this was pulled off, and like I'm, in, I'm so interested to see how Cody overcomes this creative because yeah. if he does, that's another thing that he can rub in Punk's face when they actually end up do feuding. He's like, "Hey, I survived The Rock taking right. my spot. Did you?" Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this and adds a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yes, this this adds a lot of stuff. Like. It's just funny in wrestling where we're complaining about getting the Rock and Roman when we were salivating at the thought of it last year. So it's just, right. it's just it just speaks to how fickle we all are as wrestling fans. But I also feel for this situation too. Yeah. But here's where I'm really excited, and 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 this is what I'm rooting for. If Cody can survive this creative and still maintain his status as the biggest babyface in the company, is it worth it? For The Rock and Roman to go at it at WrestleMania and Roman beats The Rock, further cementing Roman's decade as the tribal chief, as the main player, and then Cody beats that guy, the guy who beat The Rock at WrestleMania 40. Yeah, and and uh, I did some research today, too, as well. Well, research. I looked it up. Anyway, uh, The Rock passes Hogan in September. So that's before Survivor Series. It's just after SummerSlam. So I think I feel like we're on that ride till at least, uh, you know, September. I feel like Roman's the champion. He passes Hogan. But once he passes Hogan, I think all bets are off. I think they could do anything. I think it builds up to a huge Survivor Series with what's left of the bloodline versus Cody and whoever. I mean, he could get Jay, he can get uh, Sammy and Kevin Owens, he could get The Rock. And Survivor Series could be the official end of the bloodline. And Roman is left all by himself, finally, at next year's Royal Rumble, where Cody beats Roman, finishes the story, gets the belt, and then Punk wins the Royal Rumble, and we're cooking with fire or, you know, like, or we're on fire heading into WrestleMania, Punk versus Cody. I think that works. I think the people will go for it, but they're really, they're really playing with fire right here. Like, they're do the Cody. This is he's right on the brink. I know everyone kind of lost a little bit of, you know, everyone was disappointed he didn't win the belt last year when the whole story was told and it was there and it was perfect. I think they've done a pretty good job of keeping Cody on top and not not the fans not losing interest, but they're playing with fire here. I think even even him winning the world heavyweight title and defending it and being a fighting champion and having a great year beating everyone is still gonna be less than. Like and 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 pushing him aside for the rock already makes him feel like less than. Like even they're saying the Rock's a bigger star than Cody is what they're telling the fans. So I don't know. It's tough. 
But I think at least if that plays out, it'll be fun to watch. It'll be good. We just Cody can't just ignore Roman all year again after this. They have to feud after WrestleMania. There has to be something. Absolutely. And like and, you know and, and it just goes to show how crazy wrestling is right now. Like, you know, we're we're it's so hot and everybody is so like you know, prevalent in their story. You know, story is a big word everyone's using. It's it's the theme of the wrestling game coming out, and uh, yeah, it it's just it just goes to show how much is going on be- when we're complaining when we're complaining about Rock versus Roman. That that's how much we got because ev- that WrestleMania is still going to sell out. That WrestleMania is is still going to yeah. do big business. I think we're just. I think we're all. Well, fe- I, I think I, we're the all. The Rock feeling... makes it bigger. Yes, you know, the it, Rock it is a mainstream star. I'm sorry that people in the wrestling bubble think this is shit, but when you really break it down, The Rock is a global fucking superstar. He's the biggest movie star in the world. Other than like, he he had one failure. Black Adam didn't do as well as everyone thought it would. But let's be honest, DC has sucked forever. It's never been good. And, you know, I enjoyed Black Adam. I thought it was one of the better entries done by DC, but DC's always been a shit show. So I don't understand why people are acting like this is the first DC failure and it's The Rock's fault. And so now he's going back to wrestling with his tail tucked between his legs. Like, that's a really stupid take to me. Not at all. Like, (laughs) you talk about being the being a board member of a gigantic company, being a step back, then you're delusional. You never made a cent in your life. Anyway, yeah, uh, and getting the rights to his own name, The Rock. You yeah, know? Like, yeah, full circle. <laughs> like he lost, his, he yeah. lost The Rock uh, in the mainstream media when he did the Scorpion King, and now he gets it back all these years later. And you know, I'm gonna go the other way with this. The the I think the reaction, like the the the, the numbers you said on the video, were so yeah, like yeah. negative. This could be the creative long term move. Uh, equivalent of the 18 second defeat of Daniel Bryan with the yes movement. Uh, right. This could be like, like the fact that everyone is disliking it so much doesn't hate, doesn't they, they're not coming from the hate of this match. They're not coming from the hate of rock versus Roman. They're coming from the yeah. hate of, I want Cody in there. I right. love Cody. Right. So I think it's not a good creative move just because I, I prefer the Cody match, but this could be another right. step of like, no, that's yeah, this our could guy. Be a happy accident, yeah, 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 happy accident that turns him into the the new yes movement. Yeah, and you know, good on you. Like, I I hope that happens, and I think Cody is such a strong character on television. I think he can overcome this, and I'm rooting for my, him. My only concern is the rumors that have been flying around that Cody's deal is just about up. So have you seen the other side? The grass isn't greener. I know it's not, but I think Cody returning to AEW after all this could be one of the few things that could actually breathe some life into that company, especially if he brings the seriousness back and his personal storytelling. Because, like, you know, two years ago when Punk came in, we had MJF and Punk telling great stories, and so they were doing great ratings, and then Punk was gone, and now there's zero storytelling. It's just a big clusterfuck, and the ratings are just tanking. So if you get someone back in there like Cody who's really serious about long-term storytelling and booking, it could you know breathe some life back into the product, but I don't want to see Cody leave. I don't. No. I, he's right where he needs to be. This is great. He just needs to get that fucking belt. Exactly. Like, and when's the last time grown ass men like you and I have rooted for a baby face like this? 
Right, exactly. So and, I uh, don't want to see him go. And the whole punk thing in general, like, you know, you got 10 years, one of the biggest moments everyone's salivating at. He comes back and then he gets hurt. It's the tricep injury. Oh. You know, there could be some, there there could be some uh, you know, there could be some WrestleMania maneuvering. I think him and Drew can fake their way through a match, you know. <laughs> fake their way through a match don't we all uh but uh, yeah you know because because punk has the same injury that cody had at the hell in the cell except cody wrestled right then and there whereas punk has really like he, he's got to have that thing like hang for a while and then yeah. got got to heal up for that drew mcintyre match which i don't think anybody even fresh is prepared for because motherfucker hits hard and you know i i'm just putting nah, punk, punk they yeah they already <laughs> put the kibosh on that he's out for for Four to six months. Like, yeah. So, so him, him waiting ten years, going to AEW, and then coming back at the Rumble with the story on the line. It's you know, it's such a shitty experience. But speaking of speaking that, speaking of fucking... shitty experiences, oh, Cole. God damn it. Okay. Uh, fuck Drew McIntyre. Go ahead. Yeah. Fuck shitty Drew McIntyre. He's he's uh yeah he's gone he's on he's on the internet like doing tricep workouts and you know drinking beer and you know, really trolling CM Punk. But you know, uh. There's a story out there. Yeah, let's get into it finally. Yep, let's get into it. Uh, I mean, we can't get into it because you know there. I mean, there are only shitty, shitty transitions into this story, and it's going to be a shitty transition getting out of this. But yeah, we got to talk about it. We can't ignore it. And I'm sure it was a shitty thing to watch get out of that too. I, I, it's just, uh, what do you say to this? Like, you know, a, a lot of ways. Like, we all knew. McMahon was a bit of a creepazoid, you know. It just kind of it just kind of shows through on on television. But like, I don't know, man. This story like really broke my heart in a lot of ways. Like, it's just you can't. De- it's none of it's defendable. Like, even if even if like a fraction of it is true, it's not defendable. Uh, I I will. There is the mutual aspect of it. There is the 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 well, weird the weird I mean, deal of the- it. There's... Before we before we break it down, let's just say what it is uh-huh. in case someone lives under a rock and hasn't heard about the accusations and the new lawsuit uh, headed Vince McMahon's way. Um, w- you know, this was the reason he resigned two years ago um, was that there were accusations out there. But now we have a very, very detailed description and accounting of what happened uh, in this situation where Vince hired he hired a person gave this woman a job basically to be his sex object is what this comes down to so even if she agreed to it even if she was fully uh going into this with eyes wide open and consented to everything this is completely inappropriate behavior you cannot Put someone on your payroll to be there in an office so that you can have sex with them at the workplace. That's just not acceptable behavior. You absolutely deserve to lose your job for that no matter what. You don't deserve to ever have control or power in this company again. And now we have that. So, But the details when you get into it, uh, there's text messages directly from Vince. There's recounting of stories. Uh, a lot of these text messages are basically telling this woman that she is his property. She's going to do whatever it is that he says at all times. Uh, and she ends up doing all these things. Now, that said, 
as far as, you know, your sexual preferences and what you do in your bedroom, as long as everyone's consenting, that's fine. There are, you know, dominating relationships. There are people that live sexual lifestyles this way. So I'm not going to necessarily degrade Vince for any kind of weird sexual appetite he may have as long as everyone is consenting. Uh, The problem is here when you're a billionaire and you take a woman who her parents just died, she can't afford to keep living in the place she lives in because her parents are gone, Uh, give her a job, give her lots of money, and then control her completely. Um, Even if she was consenting in the beginning, at some point there there was definitely a line crossed uh, in, you know, and she became uh, not amenable to the situation. Uh, But when you have recounts of threesomes where they've got her trapped, locked in an office uh, in the building and they just come in whenever they feel like it to have sex with her and they're telling her no means yes and stuff like that. It's it's hard to try and defend any of this behavior, um, even if that was agreed upon. Now, I, I will give Vince just this little bit of wiggle room. Her re- text responses, her replies are not in this you know, filing. And so when we get to the point where Vince is countersuing and there's going to be a trial and we get full discovery and we unlock all of her messages, we'll have a full and complete picture. All it's going to take for me is one text message, one email, one recording, anything where she's saying, I don't want to do this. And he's telling her too bad. You're going to do this. And it's over. So I, it's just a weird situation. It's uncomfortable. Uh, for everyone to talk about because we we don't we definitely you you know you never want to blame the victim you never want to sound like you don't believe somebody you never want to uh, excuse this kind of behavior I would just like to say there is another side of this story and we all need to hear it before we make any conclusions uh, definitively but Vince is gone and he's not coming back. Uh, I Johnny Ace is gone. He's never coming back. One of the he's trying. Uh, well, yeah, he exactly. Well, and that's the thing now too. So Johnny Ace's testimony, or at least you know, we've got some statements from his lawyer, is basically trying to say Johnny Ace was in the same situation and having to do all of this against his will to keep his job, you know, type situation. So this could get even worse when it's all said and done, but. A stray bullet, Brock Lesnar, uh, di- although not specifically named in this, th- but they said a former UFC champion. Uh, so it's either Riddle or Brock. Like it, Cain Velasquez. Two- no, that is true. That is true. It could be Cain Velasquez. That's true. Um, but he did say but re-sign. No, no. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> somebody who had a contract who was re-signing a deal with WWE that was a former UFC champion. We all assume that to be Brock Lesnar. And that's why he wasn't at the Royal Rumble, ladies and gentlemen. And he's probably not going to be at WrestleMania. Everyone pretty much, you know, I to me, I feel like that confirms that it's Brock. Uh, but uh, I don't know, man. This this is a bad situation. Uh, and, and even that now Triple H has got some of it on him because hey. he didn't he didn't just come out. <laughs> God damn it. He didn't just come out and say, hey, this is an on- ongoing legal matter. Uh, you know, not only is the company 
possibly involved in this lawsuit, but Vince's family, like I, I know. And so like, I just can't comment on this. I can't, I'm sorry. The lawyers will murder me. Like it, I cannot comment on this. Uh, we'll have to take it up later when everything's done. Maybe we can, you know, talk about it. But right now, can't talk about it. I'm sorry. Yeah, he turned and into Tony Khan real quick on, no, on that but that's subject. It. He didn't. He didn't because Tony Khan's been getting killed for always using that line, right? And then Triple H with the, oh, I'd rather focus on the positive and not the negative of this week uh, was his line. And he did not say, hey, lawyers, can't talk about it. Sorry. He said, I don't want to talk about it. I think and that's pivot, worse. Like, yeah. And that's exactly, it's exactly, it's way worse. So now Triple H is getting killed and people are kind of going, Hey, maybe Tony Khan is doing the right thing there. Like people have like turned their <laughs> flip See, the Cody, switch on Tony. Cody Khan had a way better and more professional response than right. trips. But you know, yeah, I yeah. think that could be a symbol of trips being too close to it. You know, it's his family that, that we're talking about now. Exactly. It's that part. It, but I mean, that's the next step in this is who knew what, when did they know it? How many of these details were was the did, was the board aware of these details, and that's why they unanimously voted for Vince not to come back, and then Vince bullied his way into it. Uh, like I, I don't, I just, ooh, this could th there could be a lot of fallout from this. It could be very, very bad for WWE, not just Vince McMahon being gone. Like, uh, you know, a, a blessing in disguise. Vince being completely gone is the best thing that ever could have happened for WWE. But under these circumstances. There, this could be bad. It could be really bad. It could be very bad, but you know the 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 Netflix deal is still a thing, which is such a big moment. And they, you know, they sold out the Royal Rumble at the Tropicana. And you know, if you're a wrestling fan, if you're focused on just the wrestling and not the behind the scenes, you know, when Ep when Epstein and Weinstein went down, the movies were still booming, baby. So I hope the right. same thing happens for wrestling. And uh, you know, Cole, I am red faced about this because we booked this episode way before these stories came out. And yes. uh and yes, it even and makes sexual chocolate may have a little bit of a different yeah. meaning. Yeah, yeah, I take it up, man story. No, take it up with creative today, ladies and gentlemen. We're doing a nice Valentine's Day, you know, month, and you know, the very very first episode is what would happen if sexual chocolate won the WWF championship. Now you can go back on our archives. We we released an episode saying that we were going to do this before these allegations came to light, and they. I don't think. I mean, at least I don't think I'll have any influence on this story, on, on my story, because there's sexual and chocolate involved, right? Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, you know, it is what it is. It's just, against our better judgment, we're still doing this. Uh, and when, I honestly feel like this is one of those things that's kind of damning to Vince, because once we get into the details of what actually they booked on TV for sexual chocolate, not a good look. Uh, but uh, the, the shit that he booked for himself. I know that's true. The I mean, genetic yeah, jackhammer. Yeah, yeah. The genetic jackhammer making out with Trish Stratus, all the other female. You know, yeah. It, it's all a bad look. Yeah, cucking and, his wife. Uh, yeah, like putting her yeah. comatose in a wheelchair while he's making out with a girl, making Trish bark like a dog. Yeah, a lot yeah. of things are coming to fruition as we as we hindsight watch Vince McMahon's career. So, right, boy, let's get out of this, Cole. So. I know you have a story. I know we agreed that you're going to start first. I would love to hear how you got sexual chocolate to the dance, baby. All right. So before we get into sexual chocolate, let's give a little bit of uh, Mark Henry, just history and whatnot. Let's mark out for Henry. Yeah. At age 24, I did not realize Mark Henry was this fucking young oh. when he joined the WWE. 
and had already competed in the Olympics twice <laughs> by age 24. But uh, Mark Henry debuted March 11th, 1996. Uh, as, you know, Olympic hero. It's one of those things, much like Kurt Angle, they tried to bring in this great American hero. It didn't really work. It didn't get over. He got booed out of the building. Uh, he had some, you know, not so great matches because, you know, he didn't really have a lot of time to train before he went out there. But they put him with Jerry Lawler to take care of him and do the best he could. Um, so after about two years of just muddling around and doing a whole lot of nothing with no aim, uh, January 12th, 1998 joins the nation of domination and that's where things start to change a little bit for mark henry uh they have you know the nation of domination is one of the all-time factions we we you know we they were definitely talked about when we did our brackets once upon a time on on the greatest factions of all time uh won by the new day yeah things were going great and uh then he hopped into a car one day with d'lo brown in the rock and told him he had this idea to be a ladies man and uh, they kind of scoffed at him. He was like, no, I'm going to call myself sexual chocolate. I'm going to, you know, have be surrounded by women, all this. This is Mark Henry's idea. So it's not a rib, ladies and gentlemen. It wasn't a joke booking. It's just at the time they were they were trying to bring larger-than-life characters back to the fold in WWE. And so sexual chocolate was, in bo- was born in August. Can I stop you right there just to kind of yeah, give Mark – I just want to give Mark Henry some praise here. You know, I – I've always like liked listening to Mark Henry in interviews just because he he's one of those guys that just doesn't think there's any limits in wrestling at least back right. then. Like, you know, uh, X-Pac famous famously went blackface on the DX yes. segment. And uh he tells a story, Mark Henry, that X-Pac came up to him and says, "Dude, I really don't want to do this." And he's like, "Oh, bro, you got it. It's going to be hilarious." <laughs> right. So I don't know. I just always like admired Mark Henry's willingness yeah. to just push the envelope, especially not being a wrestling guy. And yeah. and I'm and this isn't me excusing blackface at all. I just I mean I admire the I don't know the social awareness or maybe lack thereof of Mark Henry uh, to. Well, I mean here's here's the thing. Uh, context matters and time and place matters. So yes. Uh, there are a lot of things we're going to get into here in the next two minutes oh, yeah. that don't belong on television and would get you fucking canceled as fuck today, like really fucking fast. Uh, but yeah, the the blackface thing not not a great look. But what you know what they were doing at the time was well trying to get under these guys' skin. So like in the context of a TV show uh, where you're trying to piss people off, it you know I I get it. It's fine. Like it. Everything to me in the context of creativity and art is totally, you know, up for grabs. Uh, as long as you're making those people kind of the bad guys, you know, but unfortunately. And making them pay the price so that way people at exactly. home learn the lesson. Yeah, yeah, yes. They they definitely paid the price. But uh, moving on from, you know, blackface, uh, in, in August, Mark Henry... Uh, had a love interest in China and started trying to court her and started going after her. And China was like, sure, bud. And she kind of went along with it for a while uh, until they had their date uh, where she brought a couple of other females to entertain him or so he thought. Uh, And then China embarrassed him when it was found out that uh, Sammy, the, the, the person, yes, the person was, had a penis. 
Yeah, had a penis. That was his quote. Uh, as the show was was a transvestite, a thing we can't say anymore is uh, totally offensive. So this angle already is bad because we're dealing with homophobia. We're dealing with, you know, whatever, uh, which made him vomit. Uh, and then he moved on. Uh, he decided at that point he needed some therapy for sex addiction. And so he went to go see a therapist where he revealed that he lost his virginity at age nine to his sister. This is real. This happened. This was on TV, ladies and gentlemen. Incestual chocolate. Yes. Uh, Then had kind of a couple, you know, had a few matches with Godfather and they had a Say it. <laughs> I can't read my own writing. They had a sex trafficking match. Oh no! <laughs> bumper to bumper with Viscera, uh, and Godfather, and Mark Henry turned on Godfather and joined Viscera in his own pimping business because we had feuding pimps on a show with a bunch of hoes. Uh, Yep, sex trafficking match. Are you Lost sure his virginity to his nine at nine years old to his sister? Are you sure this isn't your story? A transvestite. This is this was written on television. Poor television. Then, then sexual chocolate impregnated May Young. Uh. Where two weeks later she gave birth to a hand. Yes. And then Mark Henry went to OVW. <laughs> yeah, because that's the reason. <laughs> so uh just also a side note because the goal here is to make sexual chocolate the oh. world heavyweight champion correct um yeah <laughs> we're just gonna go back to november of 98 right about when you know the same time sexual chocolate started the rock is the champion in january mick and the rock passed the fucking belt around like it was the peace pipe uh in march austin won the belt in May, Taker won the belt. In June, Austin won the belt. In August, Mankind won the belt uh, for one day, only to lose it to Triple H. In September, Vince won the belt and then vacated it, only for Triple H to get it right back. And then he loses it to Big Show in November. So, the belt didn't really fucking matter. Uh, the booking for Sexual Chocolate was just disgusting and silly and stupid and awful with this character that kind of got over with the fans. And uh, so whatever we do today is going to be great and better than what happened. So uh, this is a low bar. I think we <laughs> we will be very successful today, no matter what we do. <laughs> oh, man. I, you know, I have a, I have a lot of rose colored lenses that I look through when I watch wrestling back then when I was a teenager. But spill you, yeah, you mean when you think about it now? Yeah, <laughs> but spelling it out like that in bullet point fashion just really makes you think when certain yeah. things come to light in real life. My goodness, a sex trafficking match and a belt being passed around to multiple men. Yeah, Where do we go I from just, here? Uh, but not yeah, not only that, but like they changed world champions like. 15 times in a in a 12 month span like it's insane like this is terrible like this is the reason i'm glad that i fucking didn't like the attitude era when it happened like this is the kind of shit that had me checking out not caring like 
This was the first time in my life where I was like, yeah, I don't need to watch that shit. Yeah, say what you want about the ruthless aggression. I'm 14 or 15, but ugh. Yeah, say what you want about the ruthless aggression era, but I I feel like when they transitioned to that period, that's when they started giving a shit about long-term champions again. You know, every, yeah, and it was great. Everyone got sick of John Cena eventually, yeah. but he had the title for like two years straight. <laughs> yeah, but we also got Eddie Guerrero, and we got a bunch of Chris Jericho. We got uh, JBL. We got Booker King Booker. Like there was a lot of good stuff in that era, and frankly, it was the best roster they ever had. Like part of the problem with the Attitude Era and in like the New Generation Era is that the roster wasn't great, and so like. They made a lot of stars during the Attitude Era on both sides, WCW as well. And so then when everyone came together at the end of the Attitude Era in like 2001 and they had everybody, they had a bunch of big stars again. And so they got back to like reality and like more, you know, a little less crazy shit and a little more wrestling. And it, and it was great. Like I enjoyed that stretch from like 2001 to 2005-ish. I was invested. I was watching on a weekly basis, but like, this part, the Attitude Era, I thought it sucked when it was happening when I was 14. Like, I did, I knew this shit sucked, even as a teenager. It wasn't funny to me. It wasn't interesting. I'm like, I want to see goddamn wrestling. <laughs> yeah, and we were just watching, like, Jackass the Wrestling Show. And I think that yeah. I think that was the appeal to most teenagers well, that were... I, yeah, Jackass, Jerry Springer, yep. you know, Howard Stern, like, everything that was going on in that time like bled through into wrestling, which, you know, it's a part it, that's, that's kind of been the re- history of wrestling anyway. Like you go back to the, the seventies and eighties, like the, the, the villains were all foreign menace characters. Be, I mean, and that's fine. Like we lived through the Cuban missile crisis. We had the cold war. Like we, we had real wars, like all of that shit was societal and up to like the night, you know, Vietnam kind of changed America's, view on war and in stuff and that can kept continuing on but at, somewhere around the mid 90s like we passed over the point of you know people focusing on that and being behind you know the war propaganda to getting over that shit which is why Hulkamania kind of died out and the whole the whole storyline with Sergeant Slaughter and they had to change and they changed with the times and they just presented what was being presented in entertainment so Oh, speaking of what was being presented as entertainment and what we're going to present as entertainment, Cole, I am salivating at the thought of some chocolate. Please tell me what you would do with Mr. Mark Henry in your time right. frame. Yes. Now, last time we talked, I went a little silly, but I'm 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 being fairly serious today because I love we we both love Mark Henry. Uh, he's kind of one of those guys that grew on us over the the 20 years he was in the fucking business. But uh, so I'm going to go back to the love interest with China and I'm going to kick it off with that. But instead of China just embarrassing him flat out, I'm going to let them have a little bit of a romance for a while, a few months. Uh, So China's he's going to steal China away from DX and there and she's going to join the nation and be there with Mark Henry on 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 his side. And uh, she's helping Mark Henry win matches, of course, same way she did with DX. She's low blowing people. She's doing stuff. After a while, though, we're going to start seeing the, the, you know, the nation promos in the ring with China kind of standing back and giving Rock the eye when he's stealing the spotlight and cutting all the promos and, you know, he's taking over as the leader. And then we're going to show some backstage vignettes where it's just, you know, sexual chocolate in China. And she's going to be putting a little bug in his ear like, you're the real leader here. You know, she's going to turn into that, you know, shitty girlfriend that ruins a guy's life. But like, you know, she's like, you're the real leader here. You're, you should be the one talking on the mic. You're the, you're the strong world's strongest man. You're, 
winning all the matches. The Rock, yeah, he's got the belt and that's all cute and everything, but like you, you're the guy. And so those tensions are going to start to build for a few months. And then uh, at the Royal Rumble, we're going to have Mark Henry versus The Rock. Why not? I like that. You know, I realize that I'm shitting all over the all the Mick Foley stuff that happened in December and January, but like, you know, and and as we discussed with the Royal Rumble, we're erasing one of the greatest matches in Royal Rumble history. But fuck it. This is about getting Mark Henry over today. So I don't care. So but at Royal Rumble, he's gonna fail. Like China's gonna try to help. The Rock's gonna win. He's gonna keep things going. Later on in the night, China has a spot in the Royal Rumble. Mark Henry doesn't because he had the world title opportunity there at Royal Rumble. Look at me saying Vince McMahon bullshit title opportunity. Anyway, China graciously is going to give up her spot for her man, Sexual Chocolate. And he enters the the Rumble. Mark Henry's in the final three. It's Triple H, Sexual Chocolate, Stone Cold Steve Austin. And that is the moment when China reveals this was all a ploy from the beginning to break up the nation of domination. She low blows Mark Henry. Triple H throws him over the top rope. And in their celebration, Austin comes from out of nowhere and uh, throws, you know, stuns China, stuns Triple H, kicks him out. So we're going home with the big baby face reaction. Austin goes on to face the Rock at WrestleMania. We're all good. We're not changing history too much there. But that leaves us with, with DX. And the nation and, and Mark Henry feuding, but the damage is already done with the New Age out or sorry New Age Outlaws with the Nation of Domination, and so Mark Henry is going to be moping around. He's losing matches. He's he's just sad. He lost his China. He lost his girl. Uh, he lost all his friends, and enter the Godfather with the big hoe in tow, showing up. To comfort Mark Henry, they bring the gaggle of hoes and uh, they go out and celebrate the following weeks using the hoes as motivation. Hotivation. Mark Henry, yes, as hotivation, uh, Mark Henry begins his winning streak again and he starts going on a tear. Uh, and then after a month or so, he decides it's time to get back at China with the help of the newly uh, formed group of Pimps Incorporated. We've got. The Godfather, the Big Ho, we've got uh, Sexual Chocolate going after DX and going after China. And uh, that feud lasts until the Survivor Series. And at Survivor Series, the stipulation is if uh, Team Pimps wins, then Mark Henry finally gets his title match against Triple H, who is the champion at Survivor Series. Look at that. All the history worked out just in my favor. You're going to solve the Triple H problem with Mark Henry. That's right. So, of course, Pimps Incorporated wins their match at Survivor Series. And the next night, on Raw, Mark Henry gets his title opportunity against Triple H. And this turns into a big schmoz, big clusterfuck. Uh, we've got, like, China's just throwing hoes, you know, just launching females around by their hair, trying to get into the ring. Uh, the big hoe with his pumps and his wig are taking out uh, the New Age Outlaws. Uh, Godfather's slapping X-Pac around. No problems there. And finally, Mark Henry hits the world's strongest slam. Boom. One, two, three. Middle of the ring. Mark Henry becomes the world 
heavyweight champion, the WWF champion, for a week. The following <laughs> week. <laughs> oh, the cane the fo- spot. Yes, the following week, Godfather, being the pimp that he is, uh, lets Mark Henry know that, hey, you know, you're part of my corporation here, and uh, I'm the, the pimp, and, uh, you know, we're you've been here, but, you know, you're just as big a hoe as big hoe, and the other ones, so give me my title. <laughs> oh, boy. Mark Henry reluctantly hands it over to the Godfather, and now he's running around with all of his hoes, including Mark Henry and the big hoe, abusing them, treating them like shit. And uh, this leads to Royal Rumble, where Mark Henry finally breaks away from Pimps Incorporated uh, because Mae Young comes to the rescue. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) If anybody's going to come to the rescue. So May and Mark Henry start a love interest. She saves him from Pimps Incorporated. Mark Henry goes on to win the Royal Rumble and face the Godfather at WrestleMania. Is this 2000? Yes. Oh, it's way better. It's better than what happened. So, yeah. so May Young and her toilet paper titties from earlier that night helps yes. him win the match later on? Helps Mark Henry win the World Heavyweight Championship for a second time oh. at WrestleMania, exercising the demons, and uh, yes. Oh, comes out on, comes out on Raw. Like, I've always been a two-timer, but this is the most proudest I've ever been being a two-timer. <laughs> so, oh, there he is. Not only did I get Mark Henry a, a, a title run uh, or, or winning the championship, but I got it twice. <laughs> you did get it twice. You got it twice, and Mae Young is still in the picture. Uh, yes. You know, we've done, we've had Godfather, you know, do run-ins on being the protagonist or antagonist of the story. Yes, I, I'm calling it right here. We got to get him on as a as a take it up creative at some point. Uh, oh, that'd be great. That, yeah, it, pimping ain't easy, and also writing creative for the Godfather ain't easy either. So, uh, <laughs> without further the, ado, the, the funniest part is like we we've never written anything for the Godfather. It's always been for someone else. Yeah, and he just ended up being like the the primetime player in our in our story. <laughs> yeah, so he needs to be the star soon. And uh, you know, speaking of stars, Mark Henry's star is going to shine brighter than ever before. I'm putting on my reading glasses because I want to make sure I get everything right. So with Ron's story. Sexual chocolate reemerges in the year 2000, and he oh. and he hooks up with Rikishi and a tag team. They will. They said they're going to take on any tag team in the world because they are super heavyweights, and you know we love the sport of wrestling, and we're going to spread our love everywhere because with love, chocolate, and dancing, you can't go wrong. So it don't matter if you're from. It don't matter where you're from. Come out and take this heat, brother. From out of nowhere, a reunion of a tag team nobody wanted arrives. It's Shane Douglas and Johnny Ace, the dynamic dudes. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> the match is a literal squash match. After the match, <coughs> after the match, Rikishi puts Shane in the corner. He gestures to Mark to do the same to Ace. The crowd is going wild. They're about to, get, they're about to be treated to a double stink face in stereo. As Mark Henry posi- positions himself for the stink face, he pulls his singlet way up his ass to match his partner. Douglas evades Rikishi's stink face and does a running draw kick to the breadbasket of Mark Henry, who proceeds to shit all over the face of the Ace. 
The cameraman audibly throws up on the air, the crowd goes wild, the smell practically hits the, v the viewers at home, and we cut to commercial with Jim Ross screaming, HENRY HAS TAKEN A DYNAMIC DOO-DOO ON JOHNNY ACE! We're doing this, huh? No, we did it. Now we're moving on. We come back from commercial. <laughs> and Mick Foley comes out to famously confront the man who ran over Stone Cold the previous year at Survivor Series. Oh, God damn it, that part too. Mick rolls the footage on the Titantron and shows the clip. The clip is so bad that you can barely tell who is in the car and what kind of car it looks like. Rikishi proceeds to deny Mick Foley's claims. Foley interrupts and says, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to him. The crowd ooze. Foley reveals that he has a different angle of the assault. The angle shows the car parking. It shows May Young exiting the passenger side? As the crowd reacts, Henry hoists Mick Foley up for the world's strongest slam and then turns and hits Rikishi with the same move and walks out. And we all know that Mark Henry has something to do or did run over Stone Cold Steve Austin last year just because of the involvement of Mae Young in that passenger seat. Makes sense. Does it? So. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kurt Angle, <coughs> Triple H, The Rock, and The Undertaker are all in the ring the next week on Raw, and they are on a collision course to Armageddon. But the glass shatters, ladies and gentlemen. Stone Cold Steve Austin joins the, joins the crowd in the ring and says, This show ain't moving forward, and there will be no talk of championship matches until Mark Henry gets his fat ass out here right now. Mark Henry comes out smooth, just cocky, got Mae Young on his arm, and he goes, Stone Cold Steve Austin, how does it feel to know you got rammed from behind by sexual chocolate? Ah, oh, yes. Triple H, you and I are a lot alike. We both got game, and we both fucked our way to the top. <clears throat> Undertaker, you think you can scare me with a burial? I'm in dirty holes all the time. Ain't nothing scaring sexual chocolate. Jesus Christ. Kurt, I love the way you guzzle milk. Oh, my God. Then there's you, <laughs> Dwayne. And then he starts humping the air. And he says, you want to tell the world what Nation of Domination really meant? Oh, no. <laughs> So Mick Foley makes it official and makes the famous six-way Hell in a Cell match with all five participants in the ring and Mark Henry. Rikishi's out of there, brother. I'm rewriting history. And Mark That's Henry fine. ends the segment with this Sunday will be Armageddon on when Sexual Chocolate becomes the world heavyweight champion. And the match mm. is chaos, ladies and gentlemen. Henry and Austin fight their way to the top as Henry... As Austin has Henry reeling at the edge of the cage. All of a sudden, the vehicle, fitting the description of the one that hit Austin, flies down the ramp and hits the cage. The crowd gasps as Mae Young ex exits. The passenger side again? Uh-oh. There's a pause. And a, Jim Rocks, <laughs> and a Jim Ross, perplexed in tone, screams the question, Who's the hand behind the wheel? It's the hand behind yeah. the wheel. Yes. We exit at what appears to be a five-finger death punch of a character. The distraction mm -hmm. is so nauseating that Mark Henry is able to world's strongest slam Austin through the cage onto everybody in the ring. 
that's a cool visual and wins the match. That, yeah, that sounds great. <sighs> so full circle moment. He gave birth to a hand, and the man and the man grows up to be a man hand. Who ran over Stone Cold Steve Austin? <laughs> Who helps Mark Henry win the championship? And Mark Henry comes out on Raw the next day and says, Mark Henry is the World Heavyweight Championship. It won't melt in your hand. It'll melt in your mouth. And he comes out with one of those uh, gold-plated chocolate bar championships. It's going to be, you can peel off and just eat a little segment of the belt. It's going to be full Valentine's Day themed. And that is how, in 2000, a banger year for the company, might I add. That's how we put sexual chocolate on the map in December. In the six-way Hell in a Cell match. You know, nobody gets hurt in that match, right? No one gets hurt in that creative, right? Um, I mean, I'm not mad that Johnny Johnny Ace got shit on his face. So there's that that's that's a good but you know, it's a good good start. Fuck yeah, yeah, the, the new finisher, the skid mark. <laughs> I like that you threw that in there and had there was no transition out of that to Mark Henry becoming the world champion or doing any of that. Just it was just a thing that happened. And then we get into the uh Mark Henry. Mark Henry running over Austin. Okay. May Young at his side as like a shit heel manager. I like it. So next week. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Next week, we're going to keep things rolling with, with a little more topical discussion. Maybe something not so, uh, you know, close to home when it comes to yeah. real life news. But next week is Valentine's Day, Cole. And, uh, boy, this is probably the most obscure character for, you know, our fan base that we're going to talk about and, 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 <laughs> and write a creative story for. But we're going to go Greg the Hammer Valentine in 1990. Take it up with creative. We're going to, you know, we're going to push the man. We're going to give him his due because he just kind of went away in 1990. And it felt like, especially the match I saw from Royal Rumble 90, right. that there could have been so much meat on the bone for Mr. Valentine. And I can't wait to really write something good for this or something like this for him who knows <laughs> it is valentine's day there's lots of chocolate involved you know mark henry's of age to probably beat him I was in a saying, fight was, was was 1990 the year that he ended in is that i'm gonna have to look look it up because i do have this question was 1990 the year that he transitioned out of being in the tag team with honka tonkman or did that lead to the tag team with Honka Tonkman? <laughs> that is something that I would also like to confirm because it could play a big role, a big rock and roll in my story. Oh, I'm trying to remember because uh, WrestleMania six would have been 1990, right? Because I believe yes. that from that great fucking match at Royal Rumble, uh, the next appearance of Greg Valentine was with the Honka Tonk man uh, at WrestleMania six being driven to the ring by DDP. <laughs> Ooh, and Maybe that, can... that was WrestleMania 5, though. So I, I have to, you know, I'm sure our, our fact checkers that like to uh, message us and tell us when we're, when I'm, when I'm rambling about shit or conflating things, will let, let us know. <laughs> well, let's see if we actually kept those fact checkers after this episode. Um, oh. But uh, it's been a wild ride. It's been a crazy time in wrestling. I'm glad we spent half of this episode talking about the possibilities just because we were very mature content creators and got a few <laughs> got a few in the can as a bunch of shit was happening uh yeah you know no emergency podcast here we just like to catch up in big you know word vomit form so but next week 
we're going to talk all things Greg the Hammer Valentine and what we can do in 1994. The man, Cole, we're approaching an hour, and I can't wait to watch some NXT tonight. Uh, I'm actually excited oh, yeah. for NXT pay-per-views all of a sudden. So, Vengeance Day. Tune in today. We'll talk about it next week. Maybe. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, if I watch it. Yeah, if you watch it, yeah. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll plug it here and there and say what I liked or didn't like. Is, but is that tonight as we're recording? That or... is tonight as we are recording. It's at okay. 5 o'clock. Okay. Okay, then uh, yeah, I might check that out. Yeah, uh, even if I wait till tomorrow, so I can fast forward a little bit. There, but, there uh, you go. Yeah, <laughs> I'll wait for your review. How about that? You tell me it's good, I'll check it out. You tell me it was the shits, I'll uh, pass, and we won't talk about it. <laughs> All right. Well, you may or may not hear from me tonight, Cole, but you will hear from us next week, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So for Ron Kilborn, I am your host, Cole Dawson. Thing saying thank you, we're sorry, and good night, Moss. Thanks for listening. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Creative Team Pod or just the Creative Team on Facebook. Follow Cole Dawson on Twitter and Instagram at Cole2130 and follow yours truly at Ron underscore Kilborn. We'll see you next week on another episode of The Creative Team!